on so many trips as a female solo traveler. Well, if you want to know how I can travel so much, you might want to check out World Packers. World Packers is the safest community for travel and volunteering. With World Packers, I can travel, collaborate, and make an impact going virtually anywhere in the world for close to nothing. We love that. All I do is type in a location and World Packers will list experiences I can browse through. With homestays and hostels to social causes or animal care, I can choose what I'm interested in and apply for a work exchange. You can even read through reviews to see past World Packers experiences and determine if it's a good fit. All you do is enter the dates and apply with a message to your host. World Packers has been an awesome way for me to meet other travelers, make new friends, go on endless adventures, explore the world, and learn about myself. I'm actually in Italy right now, and I can't wait to come to you live from Albania next. I already have my entire year planned, and you can see for yourself by creating an account at worldpackers.com. But be sure to use code Coletti to save $10 today. World Packers, where will you go next? Hello, my friends. Welcome to Waking Up. I'm your host, Lauren Coletti. Thanks for joining me today. It is Saturday. It is one week until my 29th birthday. I can't believe I'm saying that. It's so weird. Aging is a very strange process because mentally I still feel like I'm 21. Uh, Although I have grown exponentially emotionally, like emotionally, I still feel like I'm 16 years old. And it's just weird because you feel the same somewhat, but you just keep getting older and like your body just keeps changing and your life just keeps shifting. And it's a very weird thing. And it's funny how every day feels exactly the same as yesterday. But when you look back on your life, like three, six, nine, 12 months ago, everything is drastically different. And that's one of the things that scares me about life, but I also appreciate about life is that it's always moving like water. So anywho, one week until I turn 29, once again, crazy. And I do plan on doing an episode on just reflecting on this last year. But today I have a couple of minutes and I just wanted to talk about some things while some stuff is still fresh in the noggin. (laughs) um, How's everyone doing? How's everyone enjoying the new revamped version of Twitter put out by Meta? I'm actually really liking it. It's called Threads. I heard about it from TV actually, and I downloaded it the next day that it was coming out. And as a writer, as a creative person, as a psychologist, like I have so many thoughts and it's the perfect place. I can't believe I've never been on Twitter before. Um, hoping kind of that they bring back Tumblr. I'd love to see that. So if you want to hear my thoughts, my tips, quotes, funny jokes, you can follow me on threads, uh, that should be linked to my Instagram account, but That's really the only social I've been using besides IG. I am trying to limit my screen time because if you've heard my last two episodes, they were hella emotional, hella deep, intense, (laughs) super dramatic crying on air. Thank you all for your kind messages. I love when you guys DM me. It just makes my whole day. It's the only reason why I continue to do this podcast because I don't really 
make money from the podcast so much, sometimes with sponsorships, collabs from the actual podcast itself, like 10 bucks a month. But I do it because of the feedback, because of validating other people, hopefully helping other people. And I love to hear from all of you. So please feel free to DM me. Tell tell me you found me from the show or else I probably won't answer you (laughs) just because I don't have the energy to respond to my DMs most of the time. But, oh, forgot what I was going to say. So thank you all for listening to those last two episodes and for your support. But... If you have been listening, you know, like the last couple of weeks have been super intense and difficult for me just because of the way that my trip ended in London. Um, And the person I was with in London, he was on his phone the entire time. And the other day, it's funny, I was on my phone and my cousin says to me, do you ever look up from your phone? And then the next day, my mom said to me, how much time do you spend on your phone? You're always on your phone. I was just like, what? Me? No way. Like, compared to other people my age, I'm actually really good, which is super problematic. So I looked at my screen time, and it said five hours a day. And, like, two of them were social. One or two of them was, like, podcasts, and the other one was notes, probably from writing, but I really want to get that number down from like five to four to three, maybe all the way down to two. Um, but it's a practice. It's, it's difficult. And I'm trying to resist the temptation to constantly open Instagram or, you know, I don't mind using my phone for other things like emails or, um, like writing, but as far as social media goes, I think one hour a day is like, the maximum that I'm aiming at. So I've been practicing that. And I would consider last week to be a rock bottom for me. And I was kind of in a rut for a long time where I was super out of alignment with my higher self. And then it led to this rock bottoming moment. And reflecting on it, I don't think that the universe is out to get me. I don't think the universe is punishing me in any way. I just think because I'm trying to grow, the universe wants me to develop an up level so bad that it literally had to pull the rug from under my feet and shake me so hard to wake me up, to open my eyes and say, Lauren, let's reevaluate. You need to change the path that you're going down because what you've been doing the last few months is not serving you. And I was super out of alignment with my authentic self, just constantly, constantly, boys, 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 dating, 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 sex, sex, sex. And I've come to the realization that I will never have a healthy, conscious, mindful, happy partnership if I don't change my ways, if I don't stop this cycle. And as I approach 30, that's super scary for me because I really did want to, you know, be in a loving relationship by 30 years old. I know that speaks to societal timelines and and everything, but I don't want to live this way anymore. And even though the wound is super fresh from what went on with the guy in London, the way that he treated me, the way that I felt, I've never felt so low in my entire life. Um, I realize that this has to stop, that I'm the common denominator because I was journaling the other day. I, try to journal for 30 minutes every morning. And I was writing about all these boys that I've encountered in the last year between ramen noodle from the guy that ghosted me to 
the guy from Florence to the guy from Albania and like all these boys, right? And I asked myself, what is the common theme? What is the recurring dynamic? And over and over again, it appeared to me that I felt unseen. I felt unheard. I felt invalidated. I felt invisible, rejected, unwanted, unlovable, uh, violated. They say, okay, what, how are they simply just a mere reflection of what's going on inside of me? All of the ways that I objectify myself, all of the ways that I hate myself, betray myself, and mean to myself and unloving and unkind to myself, the ways that I compare myself and harm myself, destroy myself. My self-harm of choice, my drug of choice is men. And for that reason, after what happened with the guy from London, I said, this is enough. I can't take this anymore. I can't allow this to ever happen again because I did ignore red flags and it did lead me to that moment where I was legitimately crying on the bathroom floor in a cafe in London, just wondering how the fuck did I get here again? And just so shocked and blindsided by his behavior because for the two months that we were talking and and hanging out or whatnot, he was great. And then towards the end, things kind of shifted and took a turn for the worse. And I overlooked it because apparently my brain cells don't work when I like someone. So this is what I decided. And this is going to be very difficult for me. So if anyone else wants to take this challenge that is dealing with relationship or love addiction, please be my guest and we can be accountability partners. But I said no sex for the rest of the year. Oh, I cringe when I say that. And that's how I know it's it's a problem. They say in the addiction world in the 12 step that something is a problem or an addiction when it's become unmanageable. And I really do think that my relationship with sex is so unhealthy because not that I, I don't think I have a sex addiction, but as someone that was sexually abused and has such intense, severe trauma, complex trauma, repeated sexual violence, assault, all those things, I understandably, and I have compassion for myself, have a very uh, problematic, dysfunctional, unhealthy relationship to sex. And I learned at a young age to pair sex with love, attention with gratification, um, being sexual and sexualized as validation, getting my worth, from male attention. So I say, I promise to myself, and I really hope I keep this promise or else I'll be super disappointed in myself. No sex for the rest of the year. And that's like six months, right? July, August, September, October, November. Yeah, that's six months. I know I can do it because I have gone years without sex, but it it's going to, I'm going to be tested. I know the sex thing Okay, that's one thing, but I said no dating. No dating for the next, you know, four or five months at the very least. And if I want to date come October, November, December, I'm not, 
going to allow myself. I don't know if that's the correct verbiage. I don't want to immediately jump into bed with someone. And I hope I can do it. (laughs) I know I can. It's obviously a choice. At the end of the day, everything's a decision. But this is like my Achilles heel. Is, Is that the right word? It's my weak spot. I really struggle with this because I get lonely really fast. I love spending time alone, hence why I solo travel all the time. I, I enjoy my own company very much, but as someone that has felt so rejected, unloved, abandoned their whole life, I'm kind of used to having someone there, usually a guy. <laughs> And it's just a distraction to take me from myself. And I said to myself, Lauren, no more numbing through people. No more using men as a form of escapism to take you away from the pain that you feel inside. Because my friends, I feel immense pain internally. I'm sure you can imagine due to just the nature of this podcast, my writings and everything. I'm a deeply feeling person. I feel things so deeply, so intensely to the point where I feel like it's just going to suffocate me. I'm going to drown in my emotions. And maybe that's due to being a cancer or an INFJ. I don't know what the fuck, but I just am so consumed with emotion, like all of the time. So when I hurt, it like breaks me. And my heart has been continually broken so many times this year. I think for at least nine months out of the last 12, I felt like physical pain in my heart. And I wonder, I'm like, is that because of heartbreak or am I like getting a heart attack and I should go to the doctor? <laughs> but I think it's, it's a really good thing because I'm unbecoming this version of myself who was never aligned with who I was truly meant to be. Everything's being stripped away from me. And maybe all at once is a lot to handle, but I really trust that it's just the universe presenting me with an opportunity to let go of the limiting beliefs, the old version of myself that really I'm not. I learned I was this person that had no value, that's not deserving of good things, that's not worth happiness. But that's really not the truth. And I think my identity was shattered in a way and I have to unlearn and relearn my higher, most aligned, authentic self. And it's not easy. It's not, it's painful. Healing can often feel very lonely, my friends. And I'll end with this. As I'm on this journey and I'm evaluating where the trauma, where the wounding, where the pain really shows up in my life, for me personally, it's my interpersonal relationships. Mostly romantic, but also platonic. And I've lost a lot of friends this year, really. As I continue to do this work and I continue to grow and develop and try to align with my higher self, I've lost so many people. And it's been really hard and disturbing even sometimes. And I feel afraid to lose anyone else because then I'm like, I'll have literally no one. And I was talking about this to my friend the other day, trying to practice boundaries with people and discerning who is and who isn't aligned, who 
friends outgrow each other sometimes, right? Who has taken another path that's not the path that I want to continue to go down? And I'm learning to let people go and that it doesn't mean I'm an unkind person for not wanting to be friends with someone anymore. And when I look at my friendships, the few friends that I actually do have, I realize there's one or two that I need to release. And it's not because I don't love them. It's not because I don't care about their friendship anymore. I truly do. But I'm at the point in my journey in my life where I have to care about myself more. And that doesn't mean to be cruel or selfish in a mean way, but it means to be selfish that I love myself and respect myself and know what I want for myself enough to say, this isn't serving me anymore. And for that reason, I have to say goodbye. And it doesn't mean that just because someone's a good person that you have to hold on to them just because you feel obligated to, just because you don't want to abandon them. These are all thoughts that I have in my head. Well, this friend, she doesn't really have anyone else. And this other friend like really uses me as a strong sense of support and I don't want to let them down or disappoint them. But is that really at the cost of your own mental health? I'm finding a lot of relationships in my life are just emotionally draining. And although I am, you know, a psychologist, it doesn't mean I want to be my friend's fucking psychologist. Like my friends, as do I, need professional mental health support sometimes. And I could be someone's friend. I could be there for them. I could show up and support them, but I'm not here to heal you, baby girl. You need to seek the help of a licensed clinical counselor or something because that's just taking on more than I can handle. And frankly, I have my own issues that I'm trying to work through mentally that I can't be bogged down or dragged down along someone that's sinking, you know, and and it's not my job to save or rescue anyone. So if it's more than I feel that I could take on, I don't want to hurt myself trying to just make someone else happy anymore, even friends. And that's a hard pill to swallow. And the truth really does hurt sometimes, but I have to start choosing myself because how do I expect anyone else to respect me or choose me if I don't respect, choose, prioritize, and honor myself? You really can't. And that's why these people come into our lives to show us like, oh, wow, I really need to work on my confidence in this area. Or, wow, I my self-esteem could really use some nurturing in this area. And um, I'm working on this week, just being more honest, unapologetically saying no, these are recurrent um, patterns and themes that keep showing up in my life. And I noticed today, my friend asked me to do something next week that I really don't feel I have the energetic capacity for. You know, boundary wise, there are certain friends that I I love, but I know I can only see them once a week or once a month or when I hang out with them after two hours, I need to call it a wrap or just get coffee, not one, two, three, four, five plus days together. And I found myself crafting excuses in my mind, like, oh, how am I going to, you know, make up an excuse that I can't see this person? And I thought, Lauren, that's what the old you that you're trying to grow out of, that's what she would do. She would feel the need to lie and make an excuse so she doesn't hurt this person's feelings. But the new you that you're working towards becoming, she would just be honest and say, hey, listen, I'm not going to be able to do this and not even apologize. Just be transparent, unapologetically speak your truth. 
And I do have fears around disappointing or letting down this person or them thinking of me in a poor way. But I realize that I need to step through those fears and I need to work on this and do the hard thing if I ever want to overcome it and turn that weakness into a strength. And so that's my goal for myself this week. And also the no dating thing I think is going to be interesting because as I set this boundary with myself, I think a lot of opportunities will present itself. And I do want to take myself really seriously because I know that it'll be worth it in the end. And by taking sex and guys off the table, I can really then concentrate and focus on bettering myself and healing my heart, which is ultimately what I want to do because I think that's why so many people are out there hurting people because we haven't yet catered to our wounds and we're trying to just put band-aid, put a band-aid on a bullet hole. Is that the saying? And so we go out there and we use people consciously or unconsciously trying to, you know, uh, distract ourselves, numb our own pain, escape the suffering that we're feeling inside. And that just spreads more shadow that just spreads more wounds that just spreads more hurt people walking around. And I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to be on that frequency anymore. So I'm just removing it completely. And I don't think that it's a, it's not going to be a linear thing. You know, it's not going to be like, oh, okay, so this is that. I'm just going to, I did delete the apps and that's just it. I just have to stay off the apps. No, as part of recovery or any 12 step process of sobriety, whether it's an alcohol or other substance, drug addiction, or behavioral addictions, which I've struggled a lot with behavioral addictions throughout my life, which are really complex and complicated because like you can live without drugs and alcohol, but you can't live without food and human connection. So it's kind of like trying to find that balance. Um, But I'm just recognizing and acknowledging the temptation when it arises. I was tempted to reach out to someone yesterday and even today just to, you know, I don't know, take me away from myself. And um, I just recognized, okay, I'm having this temptation. Why am I having it? What is it trying to tell me? Realizing when I'm tempted to unblock an ex or like someone's photo or message someone, it's these little things, just bringing it to our own mental attention that I think is part of, you know, developing a higher regard for ourselves. And that's what's going to get us to our end goal, ultimately, what we're searching for, which is inner freedom and peace. So I have to end this here. This felt super rushed and quick, but I G2G. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let me know your thoughts. If you enjoy waking up, check out my blog. It's fire. And feel free to share with a friend, like, rate, subscribe. And I'll talk to you in the next episode.